Hi, friends. Welcome to Michelle with three L's, where we talk about literature, leadership, and love. I'm your host, Michelle Carlson. Hi, Laura. Hey, how you doing? Good, good. How are you? Um, staying pretty warm in this cold weather. Oh my gosh. Hello, Nebraska. <laughs> this is what you are. Already, it's what, December, and we've already got a snowstorm? Yep. It's not, technically, it's not the winter solstice, so I don't believe in snow yet. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I did see that Instagram um, snap that you did of the tree hanging over. Oh my gosh. It's so heavy. The snow is so heavy. <laughs> it was so hard to get off my car and to get off the trees, but um, it's, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Steven and I played in the yard with the dogs. Oh, my gosh, how fun. Yeah, it was a good time. Uh, Jagger loves the snow. He, like, trots around in it, and we can, like, throw it in the air, and he'll jump. He's, oh, I love that. He's an old man, but the snow <laughs> makes him happy. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so, who is our special guest today? Today we are talking to my dear friend Kendall Munch. We met back in 2012 when we both worked at the Saddlebrook, Saddlebrook branch of the Omaha Public Library. I had to leave two years later for a new job, but she stayed within the system and got promoted and then promoted and promoted again. Dang, and what's her title? So she is currently the... Youth Collection Development Librarian for the library system. The Youth Collection Development Librarian. Yes. That's a big title. It really is, and I hope that really is what it is. But she tells us in this episode and also describes what her job is. And what I think is also really fun is that uh, is the way that our jobs connect to each other. So she's the one that orders all the books, and then I'm the one that catalogs them. So I get to see all the really fun things that um, she has ordered for the youth in the um, city of Omaha. So she orders all the books? All of them for ages 0 to 18. And for not just books. All of Omaha? Yes. How many branches are there? There are 12 branches. So she's in charge of ordering books for 12 branches. Yep. <laughs> For youth. And not just books. <laughs> For youth. Yep. In, and, and like a wide range, like babies to like basically young yep. adults. Zero to 18. Oh my God. Yep. It's wild. Um, so I'm assuming this is the literature aspect of uh, Michelle with three L's. Absolutely. So this L is literature and we are talking about our favorite book genres, how books have shaped our lives and how they have an impact on youth. And what I thought was really fun is we also have a conversation about whether books should have a rating or not, similar to, like, the movie ratings. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Well, this should be a really fun and interesting podcast. I think so. I'm looking forward to it. So let's get to it. Here we go. Um, So how do you think books or how have books shaped your life? What's been your relationship with books? I've always really liked to read, and I think what I like about it is just especially finding out new things, even if it's a fiction story, but, like, learning a little bit more about what happened in that historical period Mm -hmm. or having my eyes open to, like, an event I thought occurred one way, but reading this book, I'm like, oh, wow, or just seeing a new viewpoint, too, like, kind of in, like, the book thief. Um, What's that main character's name? I can't remember. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) 
anyway. I'm like, it's so, told from Death's point of view. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah. I should know her name because they use it. But, I, yeah. But, like, in that book, that was the first time I really saw, like, oh, you really could have, as a citizen of Germany, been really kind of brought in to, like, the Hitler youth, especially right. if you were a child. Like, you yeah. wouldn't know. And if everybody around you and your adults and your parents were joining this organization, it might be really difficult to mm-hmm. question that. And so I think I like that books can give you another viewpoint. I don't know. And I um, I really like books that help you escape, too. Mm-hmm. So I love fantasy and sci-fi, something I didn't really realize until I was more of an adult. I just never really thought that I liked those genres. Yeah. I was like, actually, <laughs> I can get behind these like what was magic it that stories. Brought you into those? I don't know. When I was like in middle school and stuff, I did like a lot of realistic fiction. And I think as I've gotten older, realistic fiction doesn't really appeal to me as mm. much. And I think that's partially because like where we are in our lives, a lot of the realistic fiction geared towards 30s age women involves stuff that I don't really want to read about right divorces or like parents getting really ill or cheating spouse it like I just those things are kind of upsetting so I want to escape and read about fantasy worlds and (laughs) and creatures and voyages and history and totally all those things (laughs) gosh I never even thought about that because I don't read a lot of adult fiction either and so but I think that's because I haven't found a story where it's gonna speak to my experiences Mm -hmm. or even just give me something a little different in a fun way yes I'll try ones books that are sort of funny like Leanne Moriarty's books hers are different enough and have like some humor or some mystery in them that it doesn't feel bogged down and I guess what I also really like is I like a resolved ending or like a definite cliffhanger hanger that you know is going to be resolved in a following book yeah but really ambiguous or sad endings i'm like i can't do this <laughs> i need to know what happened that's such a good point <laughs> um you should not read the book of short stories and i just finished um <laughs> because they were really like you were totally immersed in the story in these characters for like the 15 pages and then all of a sudden like it did not have a satisfying ending it was like this really weird kind of like they're still lost in themselves. They created a big problem for themselves or for somebody else because of their actions. And, yeah, it didn't get resolved. There's a, oh. And it was, <laughs> nope. it, it's just, like, so <laughs> intense. But now that I think about it, those that was, like, that's how I do adult stories. Like, I do adult short stories because I don't want to get, like, too caught up in something. I don't know. Maybe I can make up the ending or see what this character did. There was one where the two stories did connect, and it was, like, from one perspective, and then took on uh, the female's perspective for the next, and that was a rough ride. (laughs) It was definitely, like, um, where you use that term book book coma, you know? It's kind of like how the book thief had actually left me, too, and stuff. I was like, oh, I can't remember the very specific ending of it. All I remember is the town getting... yeah. I recall that, too. I have realized, like, over the years, I remember parts of books, but I certainly, like, couldn't give you a summary of most of the things I read. Yeah, definitely. But, like, I remember, like, oh, that one made me, that was, like, a good feeling, or that was, like, a sad feeling, but it was still a good book, or I don't know. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Like, not being able to remember, or just the feeling Yeah, the details, or why the feelings stick around more than 
the plot? I don't know. I think I appreciate books that involve you emotionally. Mm. Most I prefer them to be like happier. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. But sometimes it's like I think back to the book Gone Girl. Once again, not something that I would typically read, but for whatever reason, I picked it up and I didn't like it. I didn't like the way it made me feel, mm. but it's very memorable because I knew that it was making me feel this way, like feeling yeah. the creepiness of the story and feeling sort of upset about everything that was happening. And so it's kind of stuck with me as a very memorable book that must have been well-written for me because I can remember that it made me feel these things. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I like that you said um, that it was well written for me because I think that's such a interesting thing, especially like when we've done readers advisory for patrons or something, and having to realize that what's good for me isn't good for the other person. Yeah, especially because of writing styles or yeah, what emotions are evoked from it and mm-hmm. stuff, and so. I'm curious if a lot of other readers, because obviously we both uh, connect emotionally to books, and I wonder if others are more plot-driven in yeah, their Yeah, I'm sure there are. Well, and I think some, I read fairly quickly, but mm. I think like people that just plow through books really quickly, prob- I don't know, maybe they are connecting more on an emotional level, but I would think that they, I don't know, they're like consuming it and consuming the information, but maybe not necessarily like taking it all in I don't know yeah that's it yeah <laughs> could save that question for everybody <laughs> yeah now. like what kind of reader are you are you emotional or plot driven and um, I almost get kind of an anxiety when I have to recommend a book to somebody oh. because I'm like I really liked it yes and it's okay if you don't like it yes but I don't want to give you a false sense of how great it is <laughs> totally <laughs> yes because I also I've learned how to not take somebody else not liking the thing I like personally and just understanding about how people are different in Mm -hmm. that aspect. So that's why it's also hard. I'm like, I know I like it and I think you would too. It's such a, recommendations put you in such a place of vulnerability. Yeah. You know, that you you just don't know if, yeah, if they're going to like it, what they're going to think of you because you did like it. Yes, or like... (laughs) If you think back later and you're like, oh, yeah, that kind of really weird thing happened in there. Yeah. And I hope they're not like, oh, she must be really into whatever this oh is. Oh, my gosh. Like, yep. Don't judge me on that. Overall, plot, story, emotional connection. That's what I was going <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not this weird part. Yes, yeah. Yes, and I and probably it, shouldn't even care, but. I know, exactly. <laughs> like, you put it into their hands and it becomes what it will for them. And yeah, it's kind of part of why I think I'm a rereader because of that emotion that I get from books and because that emotion was brought out of me because of where I was in that time and place. Yeah. And then if you reread it, you're in a different emotional state. So you're going to either pick up more on the plot or a different emotion is going to be evoked from you because of that. What are your go-to book recommendations? I have, I don't know. I always think that I have sort of weird tastes. I don't really Mm. think they are, but like some books that I found really memorable and interesting. I'm like, I don't know who else I would recommend this to. We read Sarah Dessen mm. for book club. Yeah. And I kind of grew up reading Sarah Dessen, probably starting in like eighth grade all the way through high school and college. And so to me, that's like a really excellent YA mm-hmm. fiction recommendation. 
And probably just because it resonated, like, with me a lot. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I reckon – and I, I don't know. I kind of like to know what people like before I start, like, oh, here's this and this and this. Like, you I read this to. really interesting book about – these Japanese immigrants in the 1800s, and it was super interesting. I really enjoyed it, but I don't... Absolutely. Do you like those things? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I see all the time on Facebook people asking for either, I'm going on a trip and I need mm-hmm. book recommendations or podcasts or TV shows or whatever else, and it's like, I can give you so many because I am a like absorbed in content all the time, but... I'm I'm I want to ask you follow up questions, but then you see like the feed just popping up with everybody else's like favorites or whatever, and it's like, and I have like two mind like, I feel like since people know that I work for the library, uh-huh. the expectation is high. Oh my god! And I don't know, yeah. it probably isn't, but I'm just like, oh, this has to be the right book for you. Yes. <laughs> or I and like if I when I was doing custom reading lists too, I think I took way oh. too long because I was like. Well, you know, this one is somewhat like this, but it's missing this sort of plot. And it's just like, just make the list. Right. You know, these are for people to try. Uh It's cool if they're a little bit different. Branch out. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Which is so funny. Like, yeah, I put a lot of stake in, like, my reputation into what I recommend and stuff because I feel like people are going to either potentially judge me based off of my recommendation or what if I'm reading them wrong and so me suggesting that is, like, suggesting something about them that isn't there. Yes. And I I think that was something I kind of learned as I was working more in the library was, like, let us know if you like it or you don't like it. It was much easier to do that with kids for yeah. sure. But, like, come back in. Tell us if you hated it because mm-hmm. we're not going to be able to get you the right thing if you don't want to tell. Like, it's cool if you say you don't like it. That's right. fine. You <laughs> we can- have millions of books (laughs) there's a lot of stories out there (laughs) and I feel like you can really learn a lot from what you don't like sometimes yeah more what what book have you hated (laughs) or or quit a book I have been quitting a lot of books lately not so much well a couple because I just didn't like them but others because it's like it just didn't pull me in in like the first 50 Mm. pages um I think there have been sort of a couple of Ones that are, like, borderline new adult. I think the author was Georgina Clark. Okay. And the cover is pink, and there's lips on the cover. (laughs) That I can remember. Okay, okay. But I'm reading it, and I'm not somebody who's super offended by gore or sex or Uh curse words or anything like that. But sometimes when it's over the top, I'm just like, nah, you know, I don't want to read any more of this. Like, it's too much. It's not really for me. But then... On the other hand, I was reading this uh, mystery book series where the main character's name is IQ, and there is a lot of language because it's, like, gritty and really urban area of Los Angeles, and that's the characters just speak in a way that Mm -hmm. incorporates a lot of bad words. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, but that didn't bother me. So I don't really know why this book oh, did. It I'm was, telling it's you, weird. It's, it's that emotional state you must have been in, like when yeah. you started reading it. There are a million books and stories mm-hmm. out there, so why waste our time on the things that don't fit us? And I feel like that's the biggest advice I want to give to readers sometimes. It's like, yeah. it's okay to quit a book. I know, and I, I didn't feel that way when I was younger, but mm-hmm. now like just being exposed to so many more books, I really try and tell even like my mom and my close friends, like, 
you don't have to finish it. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it back to the library. That's right. We're not going to be mad. No, exactly. <laughs> We're going to be very happy that you returned it. Yeah. <laughs> like, or like if you bought it and you don't like it, donate it. Right. It's great. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Pass it on to a friend. Going back to what you were talking about with the, the fantasy and science fiction and stuff and how you kind of started learning more about that. What are your favorite uh, like realms or the worlds that you've explored through those books? There was this like sort of goof. It's not goofy. Like it, it was one of those series that kind of felt like it took itself seriously. But like if you really thought about it, you're like, this is all sort of a little goofy. Mm. Once again, can't remember the author. There's a lady with red flowing hair. Okay, okay. And I could definitely find it for you. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Put it in, like, the show notes or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, 1800s Portugal, Ooh. but slightly different than the real world. Um, and there is a community of Selkies, which we were just talking oh, yeah! about. <laughs> the seals, people. Um, <laughs> Selkies and sirens, maybe? Ooh. Anyway, but it's also, like, a mystery. So I think I really enjoy, like, give me anything that's, like, Regency-ish mystery with magic, and I'm like, whoa, let's, I'll read all of them. That is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a series? So are there more to that? There's three in there. I think the woman is a siren, and that is a community, Mm. a female-led community. Okay. I think actually, like... Sort of, they like use the men and then kick them out. Oh, <laughs> and oh, then gosh. the main love interest is a selkie, but his pelt was stolen or something like that, oh. so we can't change anymore. Oh, I know, sad. <laughs> so that's like a. It's like that would be one where I'm like, I'm not really sure who to recommend this to. Yeah, but I really liked. It. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, explain uh, to our listeners <laughs> what a selkie is. A selkie is a mythological creature who can change into a seal. I think a seal. Yeah. But if their pelt is stolen, I think when they change into a human, they, like, shed their pelt. Okay. And then if the pelt is stolen, then they're stuck as a person. I'm pretty sure. Okay. So it's not like a, with the moonlight or if they get wet again? I don't know. I wonder if and that's maybe like, it changes. I was gonna say if that's like vampire lore, you know, yeah. there's different ways that people interpret those transitions and stuff like that. So I wonder if with selkie lore. <laughs> and I want to say selkies traditionally are women. Oh, okay. But once again, I'm not really sure. Right. So you have a niece, one yes. and a half. Yes. Um, what kind of books do you like to read with her? She, it's really cool because now she kind of reads them to herself oh. or will like point out things or will just talk in gibberish uh-huh. as <laughs> she turns the page. Um, but she's still really into not necessarily stuff with a story, but stuff mm. like here's a shape, here's an animal. Yes. <laughs> and we point out the animal and we talk about it and yeah. touch the little fuzzy things or right. the sticky things or whatever. But I'm really excited for when she can sit a little bit longer. Yeah. Well, and we were reading one the other day, her summer reading prize book. Ooh, nice. And it was one of those picture books that has a lot of actions and stuff and kind of is very repetitive. So she actually sat through part of that. And so I think she's getting ready to be able to listen for a little bit longer, which is really cool. That's awesome. That'll and be she fun. loves books, which is really cool, too, because oh, yeah. she's very active. Yeah. <laughs> so I wasn't quite sure that that was going <laughs> to 
stick. Right. <laughs> and it's almost kind of like with that reader's advisory, like when we pass on a book, you want to pass on your love of reading to mm-hmm. people in general, too. And that's why the recommendation is hard, especially if you know that it's somebody that doesn't read. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, this is going to mess up your love of reading even more. <laughs> right? Yes. I don't want to give them, like, book after book that they do end up quitting. Mm-hmm. Like when kids um, aren't doing well on homework assignment after assignment and they just kind of feel defeated by the whole process and like that can be sometimes what books might feel like if they don't feel connected to it or they're also maybe potentially reading at a level too high or too low for them. Yes and I think that's something I really wanted I hope that parents get is that like it's okay if your kid reads something that you think is utter junk if they're enjoying it because when you're like nope, you can't read that, that's junk, then what if that makes them like, well, I'm not, I don't like any of the stuff you're giving me, so I'm not going to read it at all. Exactly. And I'm like, don't do that. Right? Like <laughs> That when hurts pe- my heart. <laughs> totally. Like when people are like either calling um, like graphic novels and comic yeah. books not not real reading material or whatever, and or like um, Captain Underpants was like one of the, is a challenged books in many communities mm-hmm. and schools. Because of them thinking, like, this, like, potty humor and stuff is inappropriate for children. It's like it's the most appropriate for children. Right? Exactly. <laughs> you might be concerned if an adult you know really enjoys. <laughs> yeah. But they may also, and that's cool, too. <laughs> right? Exactly. Like, whatever gets them reading. And um, they're learning language. Like, and I, and I guess I can kind of see the argument for the fact that it's not perfectly grammatic or whatever. Mm-hmm. But... It's words, and they're learning words, and there's still some sentence structure to it. And honestly, you get a taste for something you do like. You go in, you ask for something else, and your librarian or who's ever really recommending books for you is hopefully going to transition you from that, like, weird story to something else. And there's just so much good that comes from reading. Like, you learn about plot, and you learn about... yeah character development mm-hmm. and you learn about other people and their experiences that's, that's a really good point too and it's not I don't know I don't think you can really discount any reading that a kid does yep so I agree so don't do it that's right yeah <laughs> encourage your kid to read and let them read junk <laughs> right well one of the things I thought of when you were saying that was the process of reading the meditation the sitting down in silence and the comprehension of a story mm-hmm. to go along with understanding, yeah, the plot development and structure kind of stuff, too. That it's not just about the grammar or something like yeah. that, too. Yeah, and I think, like, I think when you read, you're learning, even especially if you're reading, like, silly books, those are often have little puns that relate back to, like, cultural events right? or, like, other literature. Yeah. And it's just interesting because it's funny. You'll read a book and then later you'll be like, oh, yeah. Yes. I heard about that in this oh my gosh. book I was reading. Totally. Yeah. It's going to give you that little sense of self as you build your sense of humor up mm-hmm. based off of that. And then maybe, yeah, give you a little nugget of some other thing that then might spark your interest in yeah. going to find that nonfiction book, which when I remember working at Saddlebrook, um, there were a lot of kids that actually read a lot of nonfiction. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of surprised by that because I was never a nonfiction reader as a kid, but that they like really wanted to learn about this animal and wanted to yeah. know everything they d- could about that animal. Or they heard about this one event and wanted to know more about that. 
I'm so curious what your thoughts are on a rating system for books. I can see why it would be convenient, Mm -hmm. but I really like and support the libraries that don't do it. I think though it is helpful for parents and kids sometimes, it kind of goes against like our principles of access to information mm-hmm. a little bit because we're we're penning in who can read this book. Not exactly. Right. But we're indicating like, oh, like one time I heard, oh, you can't read those. Those are baby books. And I'm like, no, yeah. no, no. Your kid can read those. Right. It's fine. Exactly. Kind of by the nature of we have to have some sort of organization. So you have to have picture books because of format separate from chapter books. Yeah. And I wouldn't call it censoring exactly, mm-hmm. but I mean, we do have a separate teen and kids section. Right. But I think, yeah, rating would be really, it's so subjective. It's up to each. It's right. It's different for every person. It, it would be. And so I kind of understood her point of that it wouldn't be from like, the library thing. I mean, because I don't even know who does, like, for the Motion Picture Association, mm-hmm. the MPAA rating and stuff that are on, like, movies and stuff. I don't know the organization that's doing that. I think that's what she meant for doing for yeah, for, for books. Because I, I get wanting to help with Reader's Advisory in that way. Mm-hmm. I don't well, know. And I, I mean, what's the... There's, like, so much that goes into the context of how that happens in the story. Oh, so, like, for instance, eighth grade... Um, mm-hmm. It's rated R, the movie. Which is great. funny. Which <laughs> sort is of. funny in the sense of I literally just watched it and I was talking with somebody else. And I'm like, I don't understand why. And Bo Burnham was kind of confused about why, at least in his interviews that I had read and uh, heard, kind of joked about it more. But especially now that I've seen it myself, it's like, what? Because I talked about nudes or how to give a blowjob? Is that why? Like, that's as racy as it gets kind of thing. And you're like... Eighth grade kids are talking about that. They are, (laughs) yes. And so, like, I get that there are some parents out there that are wanting to either shield or just not do that yet. But I think that's, I don't know, I want the culture to be that you're talking about the books with your kids and that Mm -hmm. you have, um, are trying to connect with them through that or you're just allowing them to do it and make their own choices and trust that they'll come to you when they read something they don't understand. And I think it's hard for both of us not being a parent. Totally, yeah. But I don't know. I liked, it's not our job to tell you what you can and can't read. Yeah. It's our job to have as many possible viewpoints and stories represented. Right. And access to that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I know so many times when I'm asked, like, should we move this or... And if I'm kind of on the fence, I'm like, I think it's an opportunity for parents to talk to their kids. Like, if I don't want you to read this, this is why. Or, yeah, you know, how did you feel about reading Mm -hmm. this? Did it make you uncomfortable? Or do you have questions? Mm -hmm. Like, this is an opportunity to chat. Yes. If you have parameters on what you want your kid to read, then then you need to be paying a lot of attention to what they're checking out. Then I think it's on that. Yeah, it's on the family. Mm -hmm. We can't. We do our best to kind of stick stuff in what section we think it goes in. and Right. Yep. And I, you know, you and I both know we are the ones that sort of encounter all of the books. Uh-huh. But we don't 
get to sit and read through everything totally. that comes through our hands. Yeah. <laughs> I hardly ever see anything that I order. So So true. I just have to base my ordering off of the reviews and off of what it seems and off of what it's what someone else has told me where it should probably go. Right. That's the best we can do with the resources that are given to us and using our time wisely. And so for like the reader's advisory aspect of wanting to have this rating system, I get that that would be a good resource to have, but I also think why limit yourself with that rating system and why not like even if um a parent or a kid is coming to you and saying they don't want a book with uh, a lot of romance, then you can kind of still decipher some of that by some of the other categories or subject mm-hmm. headings that are in the yeah. book um, or by reading the summary. You're going to be able to tell if it's going to go into a romance story or not. So it, it shouldn't have yeah. to have a rating on it for you to kind of make that determination. And I kind of... Sometimes when this kind of stuff comes up, I'm like, well, what about this and what about this? Like, Uh I start playing the devil's advocate. Yeah. But I was thinking to an incident, somebody I talked to, I think it was like a a friend who had kids or something like that, and she was talking about the Junie B. Jones series, which I've never read. Me neither. But she's like, I hate those. She talks like a baby. I think she is a really bad role model. She's like sneaky or whatever she was saying. And I was like... See, so you don't like this book because of that, whereas someone else might be like, this is a good, wholesome book. Yeah. So, like, what rating does that get? Totally, right? You know, like, does that factor in at all? Yeah. Because for some people, they would be interested to know, like, is this kid really naughty? Oh, my gosh. My kid's already naughty. I don't want any more naughty books. Oh, my God. No more naughty examples. That is such a good point. (laughs) So, it's just, like, that's something that kind of crosses my mind sometimes when I, yeah, or, like... Maybe you do have a real problem with kissing, but you're like, oh, yeah, heads can get chopped off. That's fine. <laughs> I'm cool with that. Like, Right? So it's really yeah individual and, to each and if family. And I even try to go into the semantics, semantics, whatever, of, like, trying to box them up, because I don't know what, like, the movie rating systems are. Like, mm-hmm. okay, so there's kissing, so that's a check in the PG-13 right. box. <laughs> And like, and all that kind of stuff. So that many checks in these boxes and it's going to get that rating. But it's like, but especially with like something like kissing, well, like how, how heavy kissing, how much detail about the kissing did they go into? Like, is it any kissing then? Like a mom kissing her kid? Nope. Yeah. Because I'm doing like a search and find for the word kiss and that's how it's coming up. Because who are you also trusting for this information about the content? Right. Because with the movie, I don't know. Again, I'm assuming that maybe somebody actually watches it and then checks off the boxes. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Um, or they read the script and do something like that, but they can actually have the content in front of them versus there's a lot more books that, out there than there are movies, actually. I would, I think that's a fair thing to say. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you're not going to be able, like we were just talking about, you can't read every book. Mm-hmm. So, and you, even our reviewers that are paid to read books aren't able to read all the books. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. And so that is like when there are multiple reviews, I look at all of them because mm-hmm. I'm like, Kirkus may have been like, nope, this is not to our level of awesome. But School Library Journal might be like, this is a great book. Put it on every shelf. Yeah. You know? It's, <laughs> so especially in that case, it's a little tricky. But if it got one really glowing review, yes. then it's hard to not get it. <laughs> totally, totally. Oh, I'm glad we got a chance to talk about that. 
So I also wanted to talk to you about your uh, professional career and <laughs> um, like your job at the library. So can you tell us what that is? Yes. So at the library, I have a really long job title, <gasps> Youth Collection Development Librarian. <laughs> um, and I always say it like that because it's funny. Um, <laughs> yes. So I get to choose all of the books, both um, physical and digital, all levels for young adult and kids. So all the way from chapter books, young adult, like teen novels, Mm -hmm. all the way down to board books. And then I also choose all the movies and the music and (laughs) the audio books. So a lot to take in. Yeah, so I get exposed to a lot of different books that are coming out and also a lot of interesting things that I wouldn't have necessarily known about, especially like in nonfiction. There's a really big trend right now, or at least it seems to me, Mm. to do nonfiction picture books, particularly like short biographies. And so I'm tempted to like check out a bunch of those so I can learn about these people. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) And they have pictures though. Uh I think that's really cool that nonfiction is like whoever is developing these in the publication world, looking at nonfiction in that way to make it more accessible to readers. Mm -hmm. And it feels like we're kind of going away from the traditional nonfiction or things that we as 30-year-old people would think of as the nonfiction topics. Yeah. Even so much so that often I can't find a book uh, that covers that topic. So it's just kind of like we have old information and I'm going to try and find new stuff, but there may not be any published. Right. But with how quickly and accurately information can get updated online, Sometimes it's probably not worth it to publish books on some of these subjects because it's going to be outdated before the book is even totally. printed. So how do you go about selecting all this material, especially like with music CDs? Luckily, sort of. <laughs> I just have like the younger kids music CD. So that is something like it's still a little tricky, but I go off of reviews that mm-hmm. I read. School Library Journal reviews music. Oh, cool. So I usually get them from there but I just also look at what artists have done well already in our Mm. catalog or like if I hear about them in some way that one's probably one of my harder ones yeah um have a couple of review places I look or if I see even sometimes just advertisements for new books or advertisements like oh yeah this series is coming out with another book there's a lot there (laughs) it's a lot to take in some days (laughs) oh but I look um the vendor we use to buy books includes um, reviews with each book oh. if they're there. So usually when I look something up, so it would have like a school library journal review and a Kirkus review and uh-huh. a Hornbook, Publishers Weekly, book list. So if it's got those, VOIA, um, and I forget what that stands for, Voices of Youth Advocates, oh, maybe. Nice. Sounds right. It's been a while since I've <laughs> yeah. at that too. Yeah. So, Luckily, they include those, so I always look through the reviews. I sometimes think of Kirkus as, like, sort of the snottier reviewer. (laughs) They just, I think they have higher standards, but that's good. Yeah. Um, Because a lot of times Kirkus, the reviewer for Kirkus, will have pointed out something that the other books, the other reviewers may not Uh have seen or seen it in that way. So today I had one that, um, it's a fantasy novel for, um, elementary age kids um, and it features a brother and sister who are twins and the sister has uh, 
some debilitating illness that allow that she has to use a wheelchair. While some of the reviews were talking about how great it was that there is a protagonist in a wheelchair, yeah. Kirkus pointed out, like, yes, she's in there, and she is a strong character, but there is really this sense of her brother who is able-bodied kind of trying to swoop in and save the day all the time. Oh. And that's not really a good storyline or, like, plot to continue on with, you know, right. that, like, people in a wheelchair will always need help and somebody able-bodied is the yes. only one to help them. Right. And it was just, like, interesting, like, oh, you guys caught this, but no yeah. one else really saw that in the oh. story. Sometimes it's good and sometimes, like, come on, Kirkus. Like, <laughs> you've yeah. been pretty nitpicky. But right. in that case, I thought, you know, that's really, that's a good point. So when it comes to something that might have a, like, iffy review like that, how does that change whether or not you order it? Or does uh, it? It's hard. Uh, <laughs> sometimes if it's gotten a mediocre review, especially from everybody that was there, mm. but it's still a popular author, mm. I will get it, but maybe get fewer copies. Yeah. If it's kind of got a mix of reviews, I'll probably get the normal amount that I was going to get. Um, if it's a request but it has mediocre reviews, I'll usually get probably fewer copies yeah. but still get it because somebody was interested in reading right. it. And I think now, just thinking about it, it's like there's still a redeeming quality probably to all of these materials, whether or not they got a great review. There have been some things when they're like, do not get this. Like, this is a poor representation of X, right. Y, or Z. Then I usually, then I skip it okay. unless there's some really strange circumstances. Right. <laughs> that has got to be the hardest thing, especially when you think about like our code of ethics as in the library mm-hmm. field of wanting to give people access and make the choices for themselves. Yeah. But you're kind of in that job where you are making choices for people because yeah. of what you're going to allow, give access to by shelving on our shelves. Well, and by the Maybe. way that, like just what is available for us to purchase in the way that True. our city and library does does our purchasing there, are, I'm sure that there are things that we're missing that we're unable to get because it's just not available or there's not a way for us to buy it right. in a way that is reasonable or, like, fiscally yeah. makes sense. Right. All of us in my department try really hard to get diverse viewpoints and titles and mm-hmm. diverse in all ways, right. you know. <laughs> yes. So we just do our best. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think you guys are doing great. I mean... There's a lot of fun things that I get to see come through yeah. um, in collection develop- or processing side of things. And mm-hmm. I definitely find myself reading some picture books when I get the chance to because um, kind of like you were saying, like with the nonfiction ones, but even some of these fiction ones, the way that they are telling new stories in mm-hmm. short ways, like um, it's kind of amazing how much of a story you can tell in like 15 pages, but yes. with beautiful illustrations and and stuff and sometimes I look at picture books and I'm like man are kids gonna even appreciate this <laughs> yeah and that's funny too to read the reviews like sometimes oh. I'll be like I think adults will really appreciate this <laughs> and, and kids will like it but some things are gonna go over their heads right yes <laughs> but you kind of oh my god I was about to use the word like indoctrinate but that's so not what I necessarily mean <laughs> but as far as exposure I think that's the word I mean like mm-hmm. exposure to art from the, yeah. the different like cl- 
collagey things that I've seen recently mm-hmm. in some um, picture books and stuff from that style to, I don't know, minimalistic illustrations and stuff too. It's just that exposure of seeing that and then the idea also that might be conveyed in that illustration as well. So, And yeah. I sometimes think that when I encounter sad picture books or picture books with tough topics, oh, uh-huh. but I'm like, these things... Yeah, they probably are not going to check out as much as, like, the one about dump trucks. Uh But this book is here in this library for someone who needs it when they need it. Mm -hmm. And that's what we need. That's our responsibility also. So I love that. That's such a good point. Somebody's going to need it sometime, and Mm -hmm. it'll be there. What what do you like about your job? I like getting to see all the different books. And And it's really cool to see what is popular in our community or not. Ooh. So, like, now that I've been in the job about a year and a half, uh-huh. year, <laughs> I don't know. I've been there a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It's been interesting to see, like, what will check out and what doesn't check out and um, what things are popular digitally that aren't as oh. popular in the on our physical shelves. And trying to think of, like, how to provide, uh, I don't know, when I first, probably, like, about six months into the job, I really started to see like a lot of books about subjects that not not aren't taboo, but teens maybe would have a difficult time like talking to their parents about, or like mm. maybe wouldn't want that book sitting around their house. Yeah, um, those digitally check out really well, and so I do my best to have yeah. books. I'm trying. I'm thinking like lgbtq books particularly yeah i think our community is definitely getting more accepting of that but Mm -hmm. i think also it's hard when you're like a middle school or high school kid figuring yourself out and i want to make sure that those things those stories are there so that they if you want to explore that topic then it is there for you and you don't have to have a physical book that uh-huh. Your mom or your dad or your sister or your friend is going to ask you about yeah. it if you don't want to be asked about that yet. Right. You know, oh, it's... that's such a good point. <laughs> that's yeah. So those I try and, especially, especially if it's doing well in our regular collection, I try and get a digital copy. All right. Thank you again for doing yeah. this. I hope you had a good time. Yes, I did. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> thank you so much to my guest and thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed and learned something new. This episode of Michelle with Three L's was recorded in the Whisper Room, located at the University of Nebraska Omaha. Music by Kevin McLeod. And special thanks to Drew for all his help in connecting our audio system equipment. And my sincerest gratitude to Laura for being the best producer and friend this entrepreneur podcaster could ask for. And remember, go love, lead, and read, my friends.